Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to the Stephen or Else podcast, and this is episode number 16. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stephen or Else podcast. I'm your host. My name's Stephen, hence the title. And if you're new to this little show here, let me just say hello. And yes, if it sounds like I'm recording in my car, that's because I am. See, for those of you who are new, I uh, I don't have a lot of time on my hands, but darn it, I love to podcast. So the only time I have to really do that is during my lunch break in the parking lot in my car. So that's what I'm doing. I'm doing that for you folks. For those of you who are not new, let me answer the question that I know is just waiting to be thrown out at me in vehemence. Vehemence? I don't know if that's even the right word. But uh, yeah, it's Monday. I'm releasing this on a Monday. Why, you ask, am I releasing this on Monday when typically, so far, episodes 1 through 15 have been released on Thursday? Well, it's a long story, and it involves a pint of jelly and 16 elvish princesses. Yeah, that kind of fell pretty hard. That was a pretty dumb joke, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. And that's what you get here on the Stephen or Else podcast. Stupid jokes. Honestly, the reason I'm re- re- uh, releasing this on Monday is because I'm an idiot. That's why. Uh, I have been contemplating moving to a Monday schedule. And going forward, you will get new episodes every Monday. But what caused this particular move is me being an idiot. See, as I, I, like I said, I don't have a lot of time to do a lot of things. I'm a busy man. I'm moving and shaking. I'm getting stuff done. I'm taking care of business. And so I waited until the last minute last week because the this episode should have come out on Thursday last week. So I waited until the last minute to record the episode. I wasn't at all prepared and uh, for some reason decided to uh, see typically, you know, since I recorded my car and I use my phone. I actually perch the phone on my steering wheel and it's almost the perfect distance away so that I can speak. It's clearly, you're not getting a lot of the, uh, the wind from my voice. But for some reason, when I originally recorded this episode, I decided I was, I was going to hold the phone like a freaking microphone. And I sat down and started editing and oh my gosh, it sounded like crap. It sounded like a big pile of crap. And I didn't have time to record another one and edit it and get it ready for Thursday. So I just said, you know what? 
uh, I'm going to use this to my advantage and I am going to start recording and releasing on Mondays. That gives me more time to record is what I said. It doesn't really. It's still a week between episodes, but it makes me feel like I have more time to record. So, hey, I got a good episode for you today. Uh, The episode is entitled Grumble, uh, but it might as well be called the Mike Norton episode. And that's because, well, we'll talk about that when we get there, okay? That's a little tease for you. That's a little incentive to just keep hanging on. But let's just, uh, let's talk about a couple things first. I watched the new Godzilla. Is it Godzilla King of the Monsters? Anyway, I watched the new trailer and holy crap, does that look good. I mean, I enjoyed the first Godzilla movie. I thought the first Godzilla movie was pretty fun. It could have spent more time with the monsters, but still, it's a, it was a pretty good movie. Good enough that I've watched it three times. That's right, three times. But this one, this one looks freaking amazing. You've got Mothra and Rodan and what is it, Ghidra? Now, okay, I know people that are like huge, huge freaking Godzilla fans. And they can tell you about the different eras based on who was directing at the time and, and all that stuff. And I've, and I've, I've listened to, to podcasts before that talked about this, but I'm not as into Godzilla as all that. Um, it is, Godzilla does have a, uh, it, it, I have fond memories of Godzilla and my childhood because, of course, uh, if you recall, if you are my age or around my age, Every summer, I think it was TBS would do Monster Week and they would play a Godzilla movie uh, each day of the week. And uh, that was that was the, the two things I looked forward to every summer as a kid was Fourth of July so I could buy a bunch of firecrackers and blow up all my army men and Godzilla Week. So I do have quite the soft spot in my heart for old Godzilla. And uh, I think this movie looks pretty awesome. Now, of course, it doesn't really give you a lot of information in the trailer if, you, if you've if you seen it, which actually is a good thing. Uh, I don't like trailers that pretty much give you the entire plot of the movie uh, going in on it. Man, do you hear that? Oh, there goes a train. See, folks, this is what happens when you record in your car in the parking lot. Toot, toot goes the train. Toot, toot. Anyway, Godzilla looks freaking amazing. Uh, I don't really have much more to say about it except for the guy from the Verizon commercial. The guy, you know, the guy from the Verizon commercials, you know him? He's in it, apparently. I mean, not apparently, he is. I saw him in the trailer. Uh, so maybe I could get Rana to watch it because for some reason she just thinks that the guy in the Verizon commercials is amazing. She has referred to him before as her hero. Not sure why. I know, don't know what it is about that dude that makes her go, that's my hero. But she thinks he's amazing. Um, I also started watching this week, um, Travel Man popped up on Hulu. If you're not sure what that is, maybe you know about Gadget Man. If you're not sure what Gadget Man is, there was a show uh, in, you know, across the pond in Britain, the United Kingdom, called Gadget Man. And I think originally it had a different host. It was just, it was a guy talking about all the, the, the greatest new gadgets. And eventually, and I may have this all wrong, but I know at one point the host became uh, Richard Ayoade. You're not sure who that is. That's Moz from IT Crowd. Man, and there's another freaking train. I really picked the wrong time of day to record this episode. 
I, I'm watching the little sound meter on my app just just bounce and jiggle just from the train. Okay, they're gone. Let's let's get beyond that horrible part in our podcast. But uh, so Gadget Man had Richard Ayuade, Moz from the IT crowd, and each week, or I don't know how how often it was produced because. I had to watch it on YouTube, uh, but he would have a celebrity guest star on the show with him, and he would show off these gra- these gadgets. And he he makes an excellent host of any uh, of this show. Well, Travel Man, same concept. Richard Ayuade uh, and a celebrity guest go on holiday for the weekend, and they just travel. They go somewhere and they travel around and. Richard Ayuade acts many, many of the time that, you know, most of the time that like, he just doesn't want to be there. He, uh, seems like kind of like a guy kind of like me. If, you know, if given the choice, you'd rather just be home reading a book. Um, but he is so funny. He needs to, he needs to do more TV. He needs to do more movies. He is, as, as Palin would say, he is my spirit animal. She, uh, anytime she finds something she likes, that's, that is my spirit animal. It could be a green refrigerator. That is my spirit animal. Uh, so yeah, that, my kids are weird and that's, uh, that's okay. Another announcement coming at you quick like lightning, except for it's not all that quick because I'm really rambling. If you haven't looked at the old YouTube channel recently, I put up a new video. Uh, that's over. That's the Stephen or else YouTube channel. Go check it out. There's really not a lot happening over there. I originally started it because I, I was going to be converting all the episodes and sticking them out there as, as videos, but the, you know, videos that nothing actually happens. It's just audio on your screen. Uh, for folks who, because I know folks that listen to music and podcasts and audiobooks exclusively on YouTube. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, my freaking podcast was available to, you know, as, to as many people as possible in as many places as possible. So I started posting the episodes up on YouTube, but oh my gosh, it takes forever to convert one of these into the proper file and then forever to get it uploaded onto YouTube. So there's really, I think there's the first eight episodes are up there. Episode number nine is ready to go. I just need to do it and I need to get myself back on a regular schedule, uh, getting those posted up there. But, uh, I have now put two actual videos up on the YouTube. Both of them are less than two minutes long. The first one was when I was trying to record during a blizzard. And I was just showing everybody the blizzard because it was really exciting. That's why I have to talk like that. The second one, the newest one's called the epic, uh, let's see, two minutes, two minutes of epic nothingness. And it's a behind the scenes look of where I do my recording. And it's, it's pretty epic. It is really two minutes of epic nothingness. And uh, I don't I don't have a lot of time to put videos up. And frankly, I don't want to. There's just, I don't know. There's just a self-conscious thing about me actually doing videos of me. I, bleh, I'm not into that. I don't, you know, I just don't want, I don't want my face out there, frankly. Uh, but I had this idea if I wanted to do another video. And that was, um, see my car, it needs a good wash. So I thought it would be, I don't know, maybe it's stupid. I thought it would be fun to go to one of those automatic car washes and choose a topic and see how thoroughly I can discuss a topic as the car is going through the car wash 
and you're viewing it through my windshield. Doesn't that sound fun? If you want to help me achieve this mighty goal, then email me at stevenrls at gmail.com and give me a topic. Give me something to discuss in the probably minute that it takes, if even that, to get through a car wash. And I'll, and you know, it'll be fun because I'll have to shout a lot because when those sprays, the jet sprays of water hit the car, it's going to be pretty loud. All right. So, uh, as promised, we're going to talk comics again today. And as promised, it's going to involve Mike Norton. If you're a fan of Mike Norton like I am, then this, my friend, is the show for you. Because I've got a couple of Mike Norton comic books to talk about. But before we do that, I got some music for you. And this week, the episode is going to feature something a bit different. Still going to be nerdy, but ever since, you know, however many episodes back that I decided... I was going to start playing uh, music in the episodes, and I started reaching out to a bunch of, you know, DIY music creators. Uh, everything that I've played up into this point has been hip-hop. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I love me some hip-hop. And it's all been nerdcore hip-hop, which I love as well. Uh, but uh, today we're going to go a little bit rock and roll. So this week we have music featuring the band Kirby Crackle. And you can find them at kirbycrackle.com if interested. They just put out their Christmas album. Uh, they have been doing Christmas songs for a number of years. And um, I'll put a link in the show notes to where you can get that Christmas album. Because it's got some good stuff on it. There is. I'm not going to play any of the songs here. Maybe I'll play one uh, as we get closer to Christmas. But there is, for example, a very excellent version of Baby It's Cold Outside. Uh, let's just put it this way. It's called the Hoth version. Excellent, excellent song. So here we go. Let's play some music from Kirby Crackle, and then we will talk some comics. <laughs> said, I could have easily called this episode the Mike Norton episode. And let me explain. So if you're new to the show, uh, you should probably know that any, pretty much all, the, the comics I talk about are not new. I don't buy comics anymore. I can't afford it. I am a low rent fanboy, And you know, there's a big part of me that kicks myself in the, in the behind all the time for not calling the podcast low rent fanboy. but I didn't. 
Um, and uh, so basically I get all my books from the library, either at the library itself. I go into the building and I pick out some trades and I take them home and I read them. And if again, if you're new, I do that once a month. I take my two daughters with me and we do some recording and I put that in the episode that week and we call it the Nerd Quest. And it's going to be a couple of weeks before we get a new ep, you know, a new segment of the Nerd Quest, but it is a coming. But anyway, I don't I don't buy comics. And I've talked about this before. I do miss buying comics. I miss going into the into the shop, getting the books from my pull list, looking out looking to see what else is new that piques my interest, taking them home in that brown paper bag reading them. I just, you know, I miss all that. I I romanticize it quite a bit. What I don't miss is the collecting aspect of it because I don't have any room in the house anymore. Uh, But, and frankly, I'm going to be getting rid of my collection piece by piece, hopefully over the next year or so. Uh, But anyway, so yeah, I don't buy comics, but I do still visit a lot of the websites and, and keep up on what's coming out and what's new mainly just so I can keep certain books on my radar so that I can look for them in the library, uh, specifically find them when they're out and, and reserve them online, all that stuff. Uh, and if I'm not getting books out of the library itself, I have an app called Hoopla. Uh, some of you know of this app and it allows you to check out eBooks and uh, audiobooks through your library uh, digitally. And uh, they have comics on there, and they have a pretty good selection of, of a lot of comics. So anyway, all of my stuff that I talk about is old, um, but because I do keep up to date with, you know, I try to keep up to date with what's coming out. One of the things that caught my eye recently was this book, Grumble. And uh, the reason it caught my eye is because the artist on the book was Mike Norton. And I am a big, I'm a big Mike Norton fan. I've been following him for a number of years. Um there's just something about his art that just tickles my fancy. It just it just makes me smile. I, I've often used the name John Byrne when I talk about his art, but he doesn't look like John Byrne. Uh, but like John Byrne, he kind of has that classic style from the uh, from the '80s. You know, before guys like Rob Liefeld and 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 Todd McFarlane took over. But he has that classic style, but it's his own. He makes it his, he makes it his own, just like. John Byrne. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of really uber, uber comic book nerds can look at a book from the 80s and know immediately who the artist is. Um, I can't do that, but I can pick out John Byrne and I can usually pick out stuff these days by Mike Norton. Uh, so anyway, I, Grumble was on my radar. I was I was going to wait for Grumble, but then, I don't know, I got kind of worried because... Uh, the the publisher that put out Grumble, which is uh, Albatross Funny Books, I don't know. I didn't. I I don't know. I don't know how big they are. And typically, my library they do get some stuff from from some of the smaller presses, uh, but usually it's Marvel, DC, and Image. Uh, maybe some some stuff from Boom, and that's usually about it. So I didn't want to miss this one out. So when issue number one came out, I went up on the old Comixology and I actually bought a comic. This is the first comic I've bought in years, but I bought this one issue and I will buy the rest of the issues so I can finish. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be a mini or not, but, um, 
So let's just talk about the book real quick. So this is Grumble Number One. It's from Albatross Funny Books. It was created by Rafer Roberts, who is the writer, and Mike Norton, the artist. We've talked about him. Colors are by Marissa Louise and letters by Crank. If you've ever listened to the Crank cast, which features Crank and Mike Norton, that's the Crank we're talking about. So let me read you the solicitation. I like to try to, uh, you know, I'm not always good at telling folks what a book is about. Uh, so I'm going to read the solicitation first, and then I'll try to go into a little bit more detail. I'm not going to spoil anything uh, on this one. Uh, I don't think. Something may slip out. Who knows? So here's the solicitation. When the forces of good and evil are hunting you down, the only logical thing to do is disguise yourself as a dog and go on the run. Eddie is a low-rent hustler who got magically turned into a pug during a con gone wrong. Tala is Eddie's long-lost part-demon daughter. When Tala finds herself the target of powerful interdimensional forces, she goes to Eddie for help, setting off a chain reaction of chaos and destruction that could threaten the very fabric of existence. Can Eddie and Tala put aside their differences long enough to survive the magical mayhem and madness that they started, or will they kill each other first? It's probably the second one. For readers who like it gruff and anthropomorphic, get ready for your new favorite comic. So yeah, I would not recommend this for the kids, uh, but this is set in Baltimore. As it says, Tala, she's a half demon, half human. You can't really tell except for her ears are a bit pointy. Uh, she just looks like a punker. And she goes to this bar looking for somebody. She's got his picture on her phone. We find out later that that's Eddie. Uh, and the bar is full of both humans and other magical type creatures. Eddie is in the back playing cards with someone with a bunch of people. And one of the folks at the table, they refer to as the imp. And uh, we find out that Eddie is cheating. He's got some kind of magical device on him. Uh, Tala, in the meantime, we learn right away that there is some magic that she can do. She can charm people. She can, uh, she throws a little hoodoo on them and, and they will do what she wants them to do, but it doesn't last very long. And that's how she gets into the bar. Uh, so Eddie, they, you know, he's been caught cheating. The bodyguards of the imp start beating on him. And Tala comes in with the rescue by charming one of the bodyguards to attack the other. And so they make their escape. And uh, Eddie decides that he is going to go, he's going to change his form into that of a pug as a disguise, which works, uh, but he gets stuck that way. And in the meantime, I'm not really quite sure how to explain it because I'm not really quite sure I understand it myself, but the interdimensional forces that they talk about, there's these creatures that are like angels and demons. I don't know what they are, but my, the way Mike Norton draws them, they are freaky looking as crap. And uh, they're after, I think they're after Tala um, and not Eddie. And the reason why Tala has was looking for Eddie is so she can help him. But they come, they come down. They're like, they're in space, I believe. And they, they come down to, uh, to get her. And the way they do it, it's like they possess somebody and then they just burst out from them through their mouths and just split these people apart. And so Tala and Eddie are on the run from these creatures and they, uh, they manage to get away. And the book ends uh, issue one ends with, uh, the creatures then putting a bounty on their heads. And there's this, uh, like a, like a bounty hunter in space that, that is going to come, come find him. It was, it was really freaking good. Um, I mean, I'm really glad I spent like what, 
it was like freaking $3.99 on the book. It was really good. And like I said, Mike Norton's art is just, his art is just amazing. I put a tweet up as I was reading it. There was one particular panel in the book um, where one of the bodyguards is holding Eddie and the other bodyguard is punching Eddie in the mouth. And there's just this look on Eddie's face as he's being punched. And I think I said in the tweet, it's like, uh, it's, it's a small, it's, you know, it's a small part of the book, but sometimes the small parts are the important parts. And he just, Mike Norton is really good at the small stuff and he's really good at the big stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to reading this book. I don't think I have been as excited about a book as I was, uh, when I started reading proof back in the, just another fanboy days. And if you listen to those episodes, you know, that I was a huge proof fan. So, uh, I think grumble is going to be a number one on my list for a while. Uh, and, but again, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's i I'm assuming it's, it's a mini. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how long it goes. Um, but when I, when I bought that issue, I was thinking to myself, okay, so what else am I going to talk about? Because I've been reading a number of things this week. I only am allowed to check out four different things on my Hoopla app. And I'd already checked out Lumberjanes, which we talked about last week. Uh, I have a Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips book that I can't recall the name of off the top of my head that I got through Hoopla. Uh, I got I got a, the Spider Verse, uh, which I'm enjoying reading, but I don't think I can I can accurately talk about it because it's really confusing and it's not really all that. Uh, helpful for a new reader. It's not something that a new reader probably should be should be getting into. And when it comes to Spider Man, lately I'm a new reader, so I only I can only check out one more book. And so I've been reading those. I haven't read the Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips book yet. I've also been reading the full. I've got the full trade of Matt Fraction, and um, I think it was also Ed Brubaker. Their run on Iron Fist. But there's so much in that book. I don't. I don't know how I'm gonna talk about that either. And then I thought, you know what? Let's just let's just get on my Hoopla app. I have one more book that I can check out, and let's just do a search by the name Mike Norton. And there was quite a number of things that came up, which has me really excited to know that I can check out a bunch of stuff from Mike Norton over the next couple of months. But I thought, all right, well, let's just let's just grab one of these Mike Norton books, and I'll just talk about a couple of Mike Norton books in this episode. And that's what we're doing. <laughs> Assemble, not order up forever. 
So the second book that I got, the second book I'm going to talk about, it is Revival, Volume One. You're Among Friends. This was uh, this is uh, collects issues one through five. It came out from Image Comics, and the collection was published in 2012. And I remember reading about this. Like I said, I still read all the nerd sites. And I remember reading about this back when it came out. And I thought it looked really interesting back then. And before diving into the book, what I remember of it back then, all I could remember was people were trying to, people were saying, this is like The Walking Dead, but so much more. So I thought, ooh, Mike uh, Norton is doing a zombie book. But people were saying, it's not zombies, though. It's, it's, they're, they're, you, you just got to read it. And so that's what I did after all these years. Uh, so this was uh, Revival Volume 1, You're Among Friends from Image Comics. The story is by Tim Seeley, art by Mike Norton, colors by Mark Englert, and again, letters by Crank. Crank and Mike, that's what they do. All right, so let me read the solicitation to this. For one day in rural Wisconsin, the dead came back to life. Now it's up to Officer Dana Cypress to deal with the media scrutiny, religious zealots, and government quarantine that has come with them. In a town where the living have to learn to deal with those who are supposed to be dead, Officer Cypress must solve a brutal murder, and everyone, alive or undead, is a suspect. So, okay, so in this town in Wisconsin, a handful of people, I think in the in the in one of the issues, I think the count was 23. 23 people came back to life. Now, these weren't, um, none of these people crawled their way out from graves. As far as I know, maybe they did. Maybe they'll clarify that later. But like the very first one you see is uh, in a, it's at a mortician's. That's, that's how the, uh, that's how the first episode opens up. There's a reporter talking to a mortician uh, for some kind of fluff piece. He's getting ready to put a cadaver into the furnace. And as he sticks the, the, the body into the fire, that's when they all start coming back to life. And the woman comes to life, starts screaming because she's on fire. And that's how the book opens. It's really, I mean, really, really great opening. I thought it was really interesting. And I should say real quick that I really enjoyed this book as well. And Mike Norton, again, was on top form. Uh, man, there's just something about his art that I really like. So then we skip ahead. Uh however much amount of time, a few weeks or whatnot. And um, the sheriff is working, the sheriff, the, the county sheriff is working with the CDC. They, apparently these, these people that came back to life only happened in this one area. They call them Reavers and they have a, they have this whole area, this town and whatnot, all quarantined because they don't know what this means. Of course, you know, a bunch of people come back who have been dead, come back to life. What, you know, what does that freaking mean? What does that mean for us? What does that mean for society? What does that mean you know, is it, is it some kind of, is, is it a weapon that we're not aware of? Is, is, uh, you know, who knows what's going on? So the CDC are involved. Um, and the sheriff's daughter works for the town police department. Uh, that's the officer Cypress. I honestly, I now I can't remember her name right off the top of my head. Uh, but let me, let me just try to explain, uh, the, okay. So these people come back from the dead, but they're not zombies. They're just, they just go back to being who they were when they died. So if, you know, if they, I think they made, made a, a an example is one of the people who had died worked in a sandwich shop and they came back to life, you know, and then the next morning put their uniform on and went back to work. And that's, you know, they just live their lives the way they've been living them. But, you know, obviously there's something else going on. And one of the ways we know this is there's some kind of weird uh, spirit, alien-looking ghost-type creature creeping about 
in the backwoods around this small town out in Wisconsin. We kind of learn who that, that that's a person, uh, that maybe, um, because, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try to explain what's going on. It's just, it's just going to be very difficult. The way I understand it, most of the people that we encounter in these first five issues that have come back to life, uh, were recently deceased. The spirit ghost looking thing may be somebody who died decades ago. And that's why they look this way. That's my theory at this point, based on the information that they've given us. But one of these reavers is this uh, Officer Cypress. It's her or her little sister. And she was murdered. And so that's the murder that, that we're trying to solve here. We don't really get into a lot of that in the first five issues, though. What we get in these first five issues is one of the reavers is, is an old lady who uh, starts going crazy. This is, this is where the tension kind of rises because up until this point, everything seems to be going normal. But this old lady who is a reaver who's come back to life, she starts going a bit crazy. And the officer Cypress, God, I wish I could remember her name. She goes out to the, to the farmhouse because this, the, the, this lady and her husband own a Zorse, part zebra, part horse, and it dies. And they blame their neighbor for some reason. Uh, it may be racial, uh, because their neighbor is, um, are they, are they, I think they're Vietnamese. Man, I'm feeling really terrible that I don't remember. I just, I just kind of plowed through this book over the last couple of days and I didn't make any notes, unfortunately. But as she's there and she's investigating, she realizes that the, the horse had eaten some blood pressure medication. And she asks, you know, is anybody in the house on taking blood pressure medication? And she says, well, my mom was. And her mom is, is, is this old lady that was, is a reaver. And they find their mom, her mom in the barn and she's pulling her teeth out with, with the pair of pliers. And this is where you learn that these reavers and you, you, um, they can heal rather quickly. They can be stabbed or shot or whatever, and they heal quickly. So this woman, when she died, wore dentures, but when she came back to life, her teeth grew back. And for some reason that drives her crazy. And she's, she's pulling her teeth out and she tries to get her dentures back in, but her teeth grow back in. And yeah, she just kind of flips out and she attacks her daughter, kills her daughter, um, and they end up uh, killing her by chopping the top of her head off. So yes, this is not for the children as well. But when they take her, her body, so that kills her, right? Floom, head chopped off, or at least the top half of her head chopped off. And so when they take her back to the morgue, um, and they're getting her ready for her funeral, I suppose, the guy from the CDC is there. And they, they still have the top of her head and they set it back onto her head and immediately she heals and she comes back to life and just goes freaking crazy. Um, and, and, and the, the, uh, the funeral home burns to the ground. It's really exciting stuff. Um, but alongside this, we've got this dude in town who is apparently a, uh, he's like a demon killer, right? The first time we encounter him in the book, this couple has, hired him to do an exorcism on their daughter uh, who has been possessed by a demon. But he at one point asks the couple to leave the room 
and the 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 girl, you know, the teenage girl, she's thrashing about in her bed. She's tied, she's tied down, and she's talking in Latin and blah 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 and all this stuff. He just goes over to her and he grabs her by the throat and he tells her, "Look, I know you're, I know you're faking. I know this, and uh, you're gonna freaking stop it right now. And if you don't, I'm not gonna stop choking you. And then if you tell anybody about this, I'll come back and kill you. And then of course she stops." And he, you know, tells the couple that he, 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 he fixed her, he gets paid and he leaves, but he is involved. He, this, so he somehow learns of this uh, weird spirit ghost alien looking thing and, uh, surmises it to be, you know, he, his theory is that the thing is a demon and he wants to capture it. And, uh, he, well, he, he ends up, he takes a picture of it with his phone, which a reporter finds. And so he kidnaps the reporter and tortures her uh, to try to get her to tell him who she showed the picture to. And our main character, Officer Cypress, shows up and, and no, it's uh, her sister, M, saves her. Man, you know what? I'm not doing this book any justice, but it was super freaking good. Five issues in. And based on what I could see on Hoopla, there's there's a number of trades. There's at least two more trades left, if not more. So I'm really, I've got a lot of Mike Norton stuff to read, and I'm super freaking excited about it. You know, I'm on the moon and all that stuff. There were a lot of little things about the about each book that I really liked that they that they kind of put in that um, that obviously was stupid of me to bring up because I can't remember off the top of my head what they were. Stuff like, uh, and, and this would probably be in for revival more Sealy than Norton, but uh, the Demon Hunter guy, his ringtone is Limp Biscuits. I did it all for the Nookie. And uh, at one point uh, when he's, when he's uh, fighting with um, Officer Cypress's uh, sister M, she says something to the point that, uh, you know, she's not going to trust a Limp Biscuit fan. That's got to be that. Obviously, that's going to be Sealy more than Norton. But, you know, Revival is set in a small town in Wisconsin. I live in a small town in Kansas. The two are are going to be different, of course, because there's different, you know, depending on which area of the United States you are, there are different people who uh, from different cultures that grew up around there. Um, but, you know, a lot of it is very similar to the kind of stuff that I would see growing up, you know, as far as the landscape and the farms and the people and their, their, uh, their outlooks and their, their, you know, the folks that are, can be really racist and judgmental and the folks that are not, you know, it's a really kind of mix out here in the sticks. And, you know, that's probably true for every place, but, um, that's one of the re that's another reason why, um, I could really get into a book like Revival. I mean, first of all, the idea is great. I love this idea that, you know, just suddenly these people come back to life. And five issues in, we don't know why at this point. Uh, but based on the behavior of what happened with the old lady, and then uh, M, who is also a reaver, who was murdered, and it seems that she's had, is having, uh, or had a tryst with a professor because she's a, she's a college student. And some of the stuff that she does uh, in the book is really quite um, not quite sane. And you don't know at this point if, was she like that before she was murdered? Or is she like that because she's been revived, right? So you don't know uh, what's going on with these folks. And if 
you know, what's coming down the road. Obviously something else is coming because the book is continuing, but what is, what exactly is it going to be? Um, are we going to find out that all these people who have been revived are going to turn into psychopathic killers? Are we going to learn that, um, you know, there was a reason for them to come back to life because maybe there's, there's there's something that they have to do and only they could do it. I don't know because really they are not the main characters of the story, just the one, M. But dang it, am I interested to find out. And dang it, am I upset that I have, uh, that I have to wait until January to check out the next trade. I mean, big deal though, right? Because when I was reading books, Back in the day when I bought them, I was collecting single issues and you had to wait a month each. But, you know, I I can't wait to read more of this book and I can't recommend it enough. If you've not read Revival and you like stories that are supernatural, horror elements, um, you know, fun. there are some funny moments and some dramatic moments, you know. Tim Seeley tells a good story and paired up with the art of Mike Norton, it just makes his story even better. So, so yeah, go out and read it. It's they're collected in trades. I'm sure you can find them in places. If you've got the Hoopla app, you can get them right through there through your library for, for free. And I, I hope that the folks on the book get a cut of that, you know, when the, when these libraries purchase these digital copies, I know that, uh, some of the, the books that I have self-published myself, um, just recently, a library. I don't know where, uh, because one of the, one of the platforms that I can put my books out on electronically distributes, or at least has the books available for distribution to libraries through overdrive. And, uh, just recently in November, one of my books, I think it was the adventures of Norman, Oklahoma, but it might've been holidays gold. Those are the only two, but one of them was purchased by a library. And, uh, I got some money off of that, obviously. So, I would have to assume that Norton and and uh, Seely are getting money off of this because the way I understand the deal that goes through Image is Image, I believe, does not get a percentage of sales. They get a lump sum. I don't know. I'm talking out of my butt at this point. Uh, but yeah, Mike Norton, you're the man. If you're listening to this, uh, you know you got fans, but it doesn't hurt to know that you got fans. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing better that you can do for a creator than tell them that you like their stuff. You know, being paid is great. That's, you know, one of the reasons why you may try to, you know, create stuff. You make a living creating is to be paid. But it's even better when you hear that, you know, somebody likes your stuff. Because obviously if you're making money off of it, people like it. But to hear somebody tell you that you you know you're really digging their stuff, it's a it, it can be a really big thing for some people. So anyway, all right, that those were the those are the two the books that I well at least that I'm going to talk about this week, the Mike Norton episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Let's listen to some music. Tight and make a list so my cup. 
Thank you for listening to the Stephen or Else podcast. Tell me what you think. Give me some, give me some uh, feedback. You can do that in a couple of ways. You can email me at stephenorelse at gmail.com or you can just go directly to the site, stephenorelse.com and leave a comment on the episode. If you feel inclined to throw a little support my way, you can do that in two different ways. You, be, you can become my patron over at Patreon. And for as little as a dollar a month over there, you're not only going to get warm, you're going to get these, these, these warm and fuzzy feelings that will just, just fill your body and just make you feel good about yourself. And why is it going to do that? Because the money that you use to support me on Patreon goes to support my family. That's what I use the money for. It helps that month to kick in on some groceries. This month, it's helping pay for some Christmas presents. Thank you to the patrons that I currently have. You helped me collectively buy a Christmas present for one of my kids. Doesn't that make you feel good to know that one of my kids has a Christmas present because of you guys? Thank you. So not only are you going to have that feeling that these folks have right now, knowing that they're helping me provide for my family, you're also going to get exclusive access to my other podcast. And that's called My Other Podcast. And it releases twice a week. And it's only for patrons. And it's not much like this. I, you know, I just talk about whatever I want to talk about for 15 minutes. And that's, that's what it is. It's more loose. This is kind of a loose podcast. So imagine something that's more loose. That's what you're going to get in my other podcast. And you can get that for as little as a dollar a month, two episodes a week for a dollar a month. That frankly is a pretty good deal. And so if you're interested at all, go on over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash Stephen R. Or if you're not into the commitment of a monthly payment thing, and you still want to throw a little support my way, you can throw me a one-time payment for as little as $3 over at coffee.com. And that's spelled kind of funny. ko-fi.com slash Stephen R. Orr. The theme song for this episode is Worship by Trinity X. You can find it and more songs from the band at atomiczombierecords.com. The rest of the music in this episode comes from Kirby Crackle. Find them online at kirbycrackle.com. And of course, all of these links will be in the show notes. So don't worry about finding some paper and a pencil and getting the pencil sharpened because the freaking lead just broke on you as you were trying to scrawl out these links. Don't worry about all that, okay? They're going to be in the show notes. They're right there for you. If you're looking at the show notes online, hyperlinks, click, boom, you're there. If you're looking at it through your podcatcher, okay, it's probably not going to be a hyperlink, but you've still got it there. You can just, you know, put it up in your in your your memory school, your 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 head filing cabinet. All right, that's the episode. So until next week, I'm Steven, and this has been my podcast. Stay frosty.
Daddy. Bye bye, Daddy. Good job. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.